Hello. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You guys, we made it. It's Friday again. Ah, so glad that it's the weekend. Um, hello, Anne Marie and Lisa and Vince. Vince, thank you for um, yeah, she he definitely pulled a Heather. Um, thank you for the wow emoji. You already know <laughs> that I have a goal. <laughs> to use all of the emojis in one broadcast we hey on wednesday we managed to use three maybe, maybe it was four hmm now let's go back and look nobody laughed nobody laughed on wednesday i don't know but um vince's daughter immediately after the broadcast text him was like somebody used an angry face on your broadcast Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for fulfilling my desires to have a laughing emoji. Hey, really quick, I wanted to um, I wanted to share with you what it is that I'm reading right now because I think that we should. Sh Who just did angry emojis? Yes, Anne Marie, you are on it. It's it's actually so funny to me because you know, like when you're just scrolling and all of a sudden you see like an angry emoji you're immediately like wanting to investigate like who got mad <laughs> it's just hysterical to me and the thing is is like we can use we can we can be angry or mad about things for any reason not because we dislike each other how silly and shallow of us to think that an angry emoji can only be used to determine that I hate the person talking. So silly. We are a silly, fickle people. Anyway, I wanted to share with you what it is that I'm reading. I, I love to know what it is that people are reading at different times, and I don't think that we share these kinds of things enough, but um, I, I feel like it's really important. I want you to know that I am reading this book here. Is that is that backwards? I can't even know. No, it's not. Okay. Um, How to Worship a King. By Zach Neese, you guys, listen, get your hands on a copy of this book. This is, this is not the kind of book that you should be listening to. This is the kind of book that you should be holding because you're going to want to go back over things. And um, how many of you know that we don't actually understand worship? Can I see your hands on that? We don't understand worship. We don't have the foggiest First clue as to what it is that, that God is after. And even if you have been in a space where you feel like you do understand it, guess what? We're in a new season. So um, we we need to better understand what worship is and what it is that, that God is after. This book, is, I, I'm, I'm not even halfway through it. And um, it has been it has been so, so, so rich. So um, get your hands on that. How to Worship a King by Zach Neese. It is such a good book. Um, I would read parts of it to you, but the thing is, is we'll get lost and then I'll just read the whole book to you and we'll be here for two days because that's how I am. I, I, I love to read to people. I just do. I love reading in a group setting because then I get to see your reaction. <laughs> 
The other book that I am reading is um, Prophetic Evangelism by Sean Smith. I know. I get in these seasons where I am just like so hungry that I can't just read one thing at a time. I have to read two things, three things at a time. And, um, and I really am reading them together and I am getting them a little confused and I'm sure <laughs> which book said what, but the styles of these two books are so completely different that, um, that it's not that difficult. So yes, prophetic evangelism. Isn't that a pretty cover? I think it's a pretty cover. Prophetic Evangelism by Sean Smith. You guys, this is really good so far. Um, not as far in that one as I am in How to Worship a King, because I'm kind of on a worship kick, if you hadn't uh, noticed. I'm waiting for my reading glasses that are on order before I start a book that I want to read. What are you reading? Hey, tell me what you're reading in the comments. I want to know. Like, what is it that you guys are reading? The other thing that I'm reading is. First and second Timothy. I actually, I was scrambling to pull this morning together. I knew where I was going, but you know, I need notes or we'll end up talking like this for the entire time. And no one wants that. Um, but I am just like, I started bawling yesterday reading second Timothy just because of the way that Paul is talking about him as as a spiritual son, who do you think you are? Oh, by Rebecca King. Yes. Oh, there you go. There you go. Is this your first time reading it, Anne-Marie? I'm curious. Um, anyway, so um, yes, first and second Timothy is just beautiful the way that, that Paul talks to Timothy and instructs him. And I just, man, the kingdom of God is beautiful. If we enter in in an appropriate manner, there's a caveat on that. Okay, let's jump in. Dirty hands, stolen treasury, and repentance. Woo! Yeah. Um, Psalm 24. We taught on this. Reading creative prayer. Worship King, the Church Unleashed, and Romans. Wow. Wow. Creative prayer. Who's that by? And Matthew, reading the book of Matthew. That's a good book. Hey, I'm I, Matthew. We're going to get into Matthew. Anyway, Psalm 24. <laughs> Psalm 24. Um, we, and we, I, I taught on this this past Sunday, but I just want to quickly go back there to verse four. Um, well, let's start at three. Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord and who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place. Isn't that the purpose why we exist is to enter into his holy place. I mean, like, Oh, I, I want, I want to get this right. You guys, I want us to be in, able to enter into God's holy place and not just that, but I want to be able to take people there. Don't you like, I am like, Oh, I want to take people there. I want to take people into the holy of holies. I want to be able to, to, don't you just want people to experience what it is that you've experienced? I I want that. I want that for us. Um, those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, 
whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive, whose words are sure, they will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. That's the Passion Translation. Um, the other translations that you're probably more familiar with are um, clean hands and a pure heart. Those that can ascend the hill of the Lord are those with clean hands and a, a pure heart. And God started talking to me earlier this week about dirty hands. And in America, I don't know how that is in other countries, but in America, this is actually a legal term that is used um, in, in cases. And the, in a nutshell, um, the, the, the court can refuse to hear a case due to wrongful act. And... Um, and I think that we need to understand this, that when we are frivolously living out our days and calling it before God, right, um, with dirty hands, he has the right to refuse to hear from us. And because this doesn't just apply in the American courts, right? This applies in the courts of the Lord that he can refuse to hear us because we have refused to follow him, right? God has a requirement of those who follow him. Those who have laid down their lives, picked up their cross and are walking after him. He can refuse. And my husband was employed by a man several years ago. We had horrifying things happen to us all within like a 10 year span. <laughs> It's been great to be us, <laughs> but my husband was working for a company and um, there was just a lot of deception involved in his employment and he ended up um, being put on salary so that, you know, he wasn't actually being paid for the amount of hours that he was working and he was working oftentimes somewhere between 50 to 60 hours a week. It was insane. He was hardly ever home and um, not really functioning well as a human being because he was so tired all the time. And he ended up walking away from that job because he just couldn't keep up with it anymore. And the demands just kept increasing and increasing. And, and he was on call, like seriously, 24 seven, there was nothing sacred. He could be called in the middle of a birthday party in the middle of a holiday celebration. And he was expected to get up and leave. And, um, so he ended up walking away from this, this job because it was affecting our family, our marriage, as you can imagine. And, um, but he had signed a contract and, um, and the, the contract had him tied in for a certain amount of years. So a year and a half after he walked away from this job, a year and a half, he, um, he was made aware that he was being sued for um, a breach of contract. In the middle of this whole thing, um, the, um, I, I don't know legal terms, um, the, the company that was suing him, um, was caught with dirty hands. And um, there, the information that they were presenting against my husband um, wasn't pure. And so the court had the right to refuse to hear the case due to that wrongful act. 
And, and that was very much in our favor because a contract's a contract. And, um, but we had a bulldog for a lawyer and, and she knew the law. And, and so she made it clear that, um, that, you know, he was, he was caught with dirty hands and, and, and the, the judge agreed. And, um, and so that all turned out in, in John's favor, he was released from the contract and not only that, but, um, was the, the company was forced to pay, pay him for the hours that he worked rather than the salary that he um, was bound to. And so that's kind of an idea of what dirty hands looks like in, in the uh, a court system is um, you, you, you back yourself into a corner when you refuse to acknowledge the things that God is touching and saying, this is dirty. And here's the thing we need to remember that, that it in with God it's not a, a blanket kind of thing. What, what is dirty for Anne-Marie might not be for me. You know, like you can look back over stories in the Bible and realize that God asked people to do things that um, if everybody tried to put that on, it would be sin, right? Like Hosea had a purity of heart where God could ask him to go and marry a harlot. But we know that the Bible also states that that's adultery. So it's adultery for all unless God asks you to step into it. Right? So we we can't we can't get so legalistic about what what dirty hands is going to look like for um for me versus you. And, and so you, we need to we need to hear and be sensitive to the voice of God and be quick to obey. So, you know, if if he's if he's telling you like you need to not watch a, a particular show, or maybe it's even a particular preacher. You just need to be quick to obey. Like yours isn't to reason; yours is to obey. And otherwise, you're caught with dirty hands. And when we need him most, he has the right to refuse to hear our case. So it's it's beyond just having clean hands so we can ascend. It's beyond that. That's amazing, right? We, we want to have clean hands so that we can ascend the hill of the Lord, but it's beyond that. It's, it's to learn the ways of obedience. It's to learn what it means to lay down our life, to pick up our cross and follow after him. It's not going to look same, same one to another. We've got to be sensitive and quick to obey what he's telling us. Another scenario is whichever it is of the prophets that was told to walk around the town naked. That's not going to be, that's not going to be something that God asks all of us to do. In fact, I've never been asked to walk around town naked. That would not be okay for me to step into that. That would be me caught with dirty hands. We have to be sensitive to what it is that he's asking of us. And if he's asking us to do something that makes no sense, we have to be willing to step into it, ask more questions, and be quick to obey. Because it's for a reason. Yes? Okay. Let's uh, let's jump into Joshua 7 because I think that this gives us a, an even better idea of, um, of what it is that... Um, like how, like how stern God is. He is so stern. Listen, in, in Joshua 6, 
they march around Jericho, and I've talked about this, but I want to refresh your memory. Um, they march around Jericho seven times, and the walls come tumbling down. You know the song. Um, and, and that's done so from a trumpet blast and screaming, right? Like they, they just release a shout and the walls come tumbling down. Now, if, if Joshua had gone about this in any other way, had he been like, no, I'm militant. I know how to take a city and, um, and, and I'm going to do it my way. Joshua would have been caught with dirty hands, right? And, and God would have had the right to refuse to hear his case. God does things in a very specific way. Ours is just to obey, to step into that the best way we know how. So God wants to use the army the way that he wants to use the army. And that looks walking around the city for seven days and um, and then blowing trumpets and releasing a yell. And it's effective because the walls come tumbling down. They, they raid the city. They destroy all the things. God is very clear in his instructions. We don't have time, but go back and read it. He's very specific in what it is that he wants done. Um, Achan is part of Joshua's army. And you've got to remember that there is a vow made, a covenant made before they even cross over the Jordan, right? We know that everything is about to change. When, when they're crossing over the Jordan, they are leaving that day behind because everything changes on the other side of the Jordan for them. But prior to these men in his army make covenant with him and tell him, tell Joshua that, if we do not obey you perfectly, then may we perish, right? Like they are, these, these men are, they are following him. Like they, they are focused. They know what it is that they're doing. And that's what they say to him is if we don't follow your every command then let us perish. And, and so Achan takes matters into his own hands and, um, and takes treasure from Jericho for himself. And God was very clear. Remember, God was clear. Achan is caught with dirty hands, right? And um, let's start in Joshua 7, 13. Rise up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says Jehovah, the God of Israel, there is something devoted to destruction among you. O Israel, will you not be able to stand before your enemies until you remove that which was devoted to destruction from among you? Joshua was very dramatic in this moment, appropriately dramatic, falls on his face, doesn't understand why God has lifted his presence off of them. And, and this is God, God's response. He's like, Joshua, get off the ground, right? <laughs> like, get up, sanctify the people. I love that. Sanctify yourselves because um, there is there is something that's devoted to destruction among you. Therefore, in the morning, you shall be brought near by your tribes and the tribe which Jehovah takes shall draw near family by family and the family which Jehovah takes shall draw near house by house and the house which Jehovah takes shall draw near warrior by warrior. And he who is taken with that which was devoted to destruction shall be burned with fire. 
he and all that belongs to him, because he has trespassed the covenant of Jehovah and because he has committed folly in Israel. Wow. He has trespassed. He's trespassed. You guys, we've kind of smiled at sin for far too long. These are trespasses, right? I I, I shared the story of, of our Airbnb being broke into while I was down in Houston. Shared that on Invictus on Tuesday. And these people were trespassing. And the violation that came on the backside of that, that feeling of violation was intense. What Aiken has done here has violated God. When we trespass, we're not just doing something that we can just cover up. We think we can, but we can't. It's not, it's not, it's not even possible. He's present, always present. It's always present. He sees all. And what we're doing when we're caught with 30 hands, we're trespassing. We're trespassing. It is it is an illegal move against God and his courts. And we're caught with dirty hands. And remember, he has the right to refuse to hear a case when we have dirty hands. Should we keep reading? <clears throat> and he who is taken with that which it was devoted to destruction shall be burned with fire. There you read that. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel near by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the family of Judah near and the family of Zerahites was taken. And he brought the family of the Zerahites near warrior by warrior and Zabdi was taken. And he brought the house of Zabdi near warrior by warrior and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah and the tribe of Judah was taken. Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to Jehovah, the God of Israel, and make confession to him and tell me what you have done. Do not hide anything from him. Did you catch that? Give glory to God by your confession. Give glory to God by your confession. Then Achan answered Joshua and said, It is true. I have sinned against Jehovah, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle of Shinar, 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 and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And now they are hidden in the earth in my tent with the silver under it. And Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took the things from within the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and spread them out before Jehovah. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the mantle and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his donkeys and his sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? Jehovah will trouble you with this day, will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire when they had stoned them with stones. 
Then they erected over him a great heap of stones, which is there to this day. And Jehovah turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor today. This is intense. This is intense. The things that we we shirk and we smile at and we just turn our heads from, that we just ignore, tolerate. Hi. They, these are the things that God takes very seriously. Very seriously. Look what happened. Look what happened. One, the presence of God is is taken from them, is lifted from them because of the sin of one man. We, We think, and this is in the church, I'm not talking about the world. We think that our one little thing is not that big of a deal. Our one little, I'm, yeah, I'll just do it one more time. Temptation comes, it's fine, I'll just do it one more time. And after that, I'll be done. We think it's no big deal, but it's a huge deal because we've been caught with dirty hands. We've been caught with, what did, I love how this, this translates. We've been caught with items that are devoted to destruction. And the problem is, is that it's destroying us, the body. We are taking the oneness that is part of the treasury of the kingdom. I I think oneness is probably one of the top treasuries of the kingdom. And we defile it. We disrupt it. With those items that are devoted to destruction. God's clear. He's clear about what things are. And Achan isn't the only one that paid for it. The whole, the whole company paid for it with God withdrawing his presence. Do you think that it wasn't painful for them to have to go and investigate and realize that one of their own was the reason why? Do you think it wasn't painful to have to collect Achan, his wife, his children, his livestock, all his possessions, stone them to death, burn everything? Do you think that wasn't painful? These people were willing to protect the holiness of God. They were willing to do these things because they knew the holiness of God. They were willing to protect it because they wanted his presence. We're kind of spoiled because we've been sent the helper that the spirit of God doesn't just lift off of us. Holy Spirit is in us. We can grieve him, but he's in us. We don't experience that that coming and going of the presence of God, we can enter into his presence and we take it for granted because most of us at some point in our lives, if not even now, have been caught with dirty hands 
because we continue to do the same things over and over and over again when God has been clear, it's sin. That it's 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 something that's devoted to destruction. In Matthew 3, let's just go there. Go to Matthew 3. Matthew 3. Verse one, now in those days, John the Baptist appeared preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near for this is he who was spoken of through Isaiah, the prophet saying a voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Are we stepping into this role? It's actually ours. This role is ours still to this day because look around you. You can find dirty hands all around you in the church, in the church, in our own camp. You can find dirty hands. Who's going to be willing to step in to that role that John the Baptist played where he's like, repent. The kingdom of heaven is drawing near. You guys, we have thought, and I'm guilty of this. We have looked at the word repentance as something that we're far beyond. We're not. We're not. For some of us, we have been in um, a very liberal space of, of the grace movement, which meant that all is well. There's no work to be done. That's, it's deception. There is work to be done. It's deception. There is, there, there is beautiful grace and there is wonderful mercy that we get to extend to one another because it's extended to us. But that does not give us permission to overlook the need for repentance because we have a need for repentance right now right now in this space. Shoot, there's probably somebody listening right now that needs to just turn and face Jesus. Be done with the things, with the cycles of sin. Let's let's jump over. I, I want to jump over to, um, <clears throat> go to First Timothy with me really quick. I wasn't planning on going here, but like I told you, I'm kind of taken with Timothy right now. So much so that I, I almost scrapped this whole teaching and just talked about that. It's fine. I didn't do it. Clean hands. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, genuine child in faith, grace, mercy, peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Even as I exhorted you when I was going into Macedonia to remain in Ephesus in order that you might charge certain ones not to teach different things, nor to give heed to myths and unending genealogies, which produce questionings rather than God's economy, which is in faith. But the end of the charge is love out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and out of unfeigned faith. From which that says the same thing. Who's who can ascend the hill, right? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. He's saying the same 
thing, he's just using more words, from which things some, having misaimed, have turned aside to vain talking, desiring to be teachers of the law, though they understand neither the things that they say, nor concerning what they confidently affirm. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully and knows this, that the law is not enacted for a righteous man, but for the lawless and unruly, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and those who strike their mothers, for murderers, for fornicators, homosexuals, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and what other, whatever other thing that is opposed to the healthy teaching. Don't you love Paul's list? According to the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I was entrusted, I give thanks to him who empowers me, Christ Jesus, our Lord, that he has counted me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, who formerly was a blasphemer and a persecutor and an insulting person. But I was shown mercy because being ignorant, I acted in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord superabounded with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Faithful is the word and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. But because of this, I was shown mercy that in me, the foremost, Jesus Christ might display all his long suffering for a pattern to those who are to believe on him unto eternal life. Now to the king of the ages, incorruptible, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And then he says this to Timothy, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, my child Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you might war the good warfare, holding faith in a good conscience concerning which some thrusting these away, have become shipwrecked regarding their faith. Did you hear that? Holding faith in a good conscience concerning which some, thrusting these away, have become shipwrecked regarding their faith. Those of us who have fallen into the liberal grace movement, grace with no boundaries, and have turned a blind eye, to sin and have failed to operate within the function of repentance, this is us. We have shipwrecked our faith. God is calling us to turn back, to come back into the true essence of the gospel. Just turn away from your sin, right? To, to, to clear your conscience. Stop doing the things that shipwreck your faith. And turn fully to him so that you can ascend his hill, so you can enter into the Holy of Holies. I don't want any of us ensnared in sin. But the enslavement of sin is costing us more than follow the cost of following Jesus. Just look around you. 
Just look around you. Just observe for a moment all that is going on in the world. If you don't think that that has happened because as a gate, you have allowed, you have permitted, you have tolerated, you have compromised. You're certainly part of the problem. I'm certainly part of the problem. We've got to take back what is rightfully ours as children of God. And that means that we steward repentance well. That we be those crying out in the desert, make way, make way. That we be those living gates that lift higher heads for the king of glory to come in, not for the sin and the demise of mankind. We really do. We, we need to step into the works of the gospel, which means we preach the repentance of sin, that we require clean hands and pure hearts. And that, that's going to mean that we have to say the hard things. We can no longer just turn a blind eye and tolerate anything. There is a requirement. Half the time, half the time, in, in wor- more than half the time, in, in worship services, we're not even worshiping. We're not even worshiping. That's idolatry. When we take something that is Jesus's and turn it towards something else, it's idolatry. He wants us in fullness, our whole heart, our whole heart. We need to turn fully back to Christ and function within the fullness of the gospel. I'll leave you with that. Just let me pray for you. Jesus, I just thank you for opening our eyes. God, we've been so blind. We admit that. We've been blind. We confess that, God. And right now, by your authority, by your name, Jesus, I break every narrative, every narrative, pulls us into cyclic sin. Right now, we lift high your name above that fallen, misguided narrative. Your name, Jesus. Where all goodness flows from. We lift your name above every other narrative. And we break the bonds of sin in our lives. Thank you for the gift of repentance, Jesus. Thank you for your blood that washes us clean, purifies us as white as snow. I'm thankful that that's not just something we sing that is real. That the moment we confess to you, oh, I've got dirty hands. Wash me, Jesus. Wash me, Jesus. That in a moment, 
you receive us. Thank you. Thank you for a beautiful message, God. A full and complete message of your love and your power to break sin off of our lives. Give us a backbone. That we would be those who stand for what you stand for and that we would cut down what is against you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Hey, listen, we will be live on Sunday. If you want to, to join us 10 a.m., we are um, we're going to go live again on Sunday mornings. Just feel like it's the, the right time to do that. So um, join us Sunday morning at 10. Love you all.